We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Pat Mayo here. I wanted to let you know that we recorded the show a little bit earlier, and the only thing that has changed as of right now is Teddy Bridgewater has actually been named the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And we talk about Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, and the receivers and running backs towards the end of this rankings update. So nothing has actually changed in terms of my rankings, but I just wanted to let you know that that has happened after we recorded. Plus, if you're watching this on video, you see why I wear makeup now? See how sunburned and shiny I am with these lights in my face? I wouldn't be able to watch it. So I'll get out of here and let you get to the show. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Fantasy Football Rankings Update Injury News Trades all of a sudden out of nowhere. I could not have picked a worse time to release my updated rankings on yesterday's program because it was like the ETN news. Nothing had come out in terms of like any of the Saints injuries and it all happened like 30 seconds after I released the show. And I just a quick reminder that this is what happens in fantasy football seasons. Why we're constantly coming at you with more and more information. Once the information changes, it's almost like the Roddy Piper. Once you think you know the answer, I changed the question. And that is essentially fantasy football season. Smash the like button to the video in the comment section. Tell me where you would rank Daryl Henderson in half point PPR running back and where you would rank Sony Michelle in half point PPR running back. Cause that's going to be a discussion on today's show. And I want to crowdsource it and see what you guys are saying. See if you line up with me, see if you line up with my guest, Jake Seeley from theathletic.com. Also, please subscribe to Mayo media network. We have a ton of shows coming at you right now. Fantasy football picks and bets is almost up to every single day. Uh, still covering the preseason slates right now and all of the injury news up there you can subscribe to the audio podcast for that on fantasy football picks and bets please rate and review just like you should rate and review the pat mayo experience and if you want to do your own research which people these days very fond of doing as it turns out you can go to run slash mayo to get yourself a discount on all of the premium products including the game simulator the optimizer all of the betting tools all of the daily fantasy tools they're behind the paywall but slash mayo will get you a discount and if you do not like it 
Cancel within seven days, get all your money back, no big deal. However, if you want season-long projections, season-long rankings, the player projections, and the advanced stats hub, which has everything all the way down to play level data. That's all absolutely free on the site. There is no charge for that. Just to, just get in your email. That's about it. So go to runthesims.com and you can go fool around on the advanced stats hub and learn everything that you need to learn about every play tendency, every coach, every market share, every air yard that you can possibly think of. Anything you want to search, you can search on that advanced stats hub and it's completely free to you. So please go check out runthesims.com. All my rankings are updated to the moment. You can find them in the description of this video right now. Once you click on the top 150, it has all the hot links to each of the individual positions. If that's what you're looking for, I talk in terms of half point PPR in terms of my rankings. So you can like adjust it if you want um, for guys who catch more passes up in PPR, guys who don't down in standard leagues. That's or non PPR, I guess we call it now. Yeah, non PPR <laughs> is no longer standard at this point, but. That's enough for me rambling on, and I won't be doing any update videos on the weekend, but I'll have my rankings updated every single day in the morning, or if a something gigantic breaks and I'm not on a golf course, uh, I will do it when I get home from that point, but you can probably make your own assumptions on where people are going to go up and down in that regard, because it's going to be the full-fledged, this is what you need for your draft right now. We've been talking about a month, moving people around. We need to hammer down because most people are doing their drafts this weekend or right after Labor Day weekend or the course of the next two weeks. Some people are like, oh, no, everyone does our drafts at the beginning of August. Like, no, they don't. Like, 97% of drafts haven't been done yet. Jake Seeley, what's up? I, I should probably bring you <laughs> Yeah, at some point, I don't know, you might have heard me go, because ah, uh, I was about to say there is no standard anymore. It's it's definitely non-PPR, and I don't even know, when was the last time you got a non-PPR question? I think out of the thousands, because you don't answer any of your comments, but hey, out of the thousands, I, 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 answer some I, I think of I've them. gotten like if two. If people have like legit questions, I will answer them, but that's about it. I do like a live show where I take like start sick questions. That's all for the end of the week. Like The thing that makes me, it doesn't make me mad, is just like, I'm not going to answer you. When people ask me like start sit questions for the next week on like Monday afternoon. It's like, my guy, <laughs> I haven't even done my waivers yet. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I, I told you before I even came on the show, I love the one where I got, should I drop Brandon Cooks for Rondell Moore? And two things about that is like, you just drafted for one. And then two, this is the overreactions of all overreactions of the Brandon Cooks and Rondell Moore. But yeah, I, I get to all the, I always say this, Pat. You always tell me, I answer all of my, I know you do answer some, but you always joke me for answering all of them. And then I had this long preamble that Nando helped write for my customizable productions to tell people how to work the sheet. And somebody in the, the comments was like, your auction values don't change. And there's this giant bolded italicized about the auction price is not changing. And I said, read the intro. Ha ha. Like, just, you know, like kind of, I thought that was as innocent as it gets. And he came after me, so I called him whiny, and everybody backed me up, Pat, because I answered their questions. So they came from my back instead of this douchebag. Well, your internet friends got your back. It's nice to see. I have lots of internet friends, no real life friends. Well, hey, well sometimes that's the way that you want to live. I'm I'm the opposite in that regard, I think. Uh, much, much more palatable in real life than I am on the internet. Anyway, uh, next five days on the Pat Mayo experience are fucking bangers. Me and Cust and Jeff are doing the win totals for the NFC. That's Monday. Me, Pete, Overzet, and Davis Maddock are bringing you behind the scenes of fantasy football, talking about business and what goes into content creation. That's coming out on Friday. Me and Joe Holka are doing a full DraftKings strategy preview for the year that comes out on Sunday. There's other things that are coming out. And now I can't remember what they are, but those are the big three, the next three shows <laughs> that will be up on your feed after this show. Uh, and they're all really good shows. I'm super pumped for them. So again, please subscribe. Is this one a banger? I don't know. We haven't recorded it yet.
Oh, you have to wait till afterwards? Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you already called those bangers before you even did it. They're already done. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I've already edited Touché, sir. I, I've already edited out all of the bad parts of them and just kept in all of the good stuff. So yeah, I can So attest- wait, so your show with Tim is like five minutes long then? No, no. I mean all the good parts are Tim's crazy comments. Okay, fair enough. And uh, Jeff right. is giving away a Justin Herbert rookie prism on the NFC show, too. So you got to tune into that Ooh. one. Uh, subscribe to Mayo Media Network on YouTube, like I said. Tell a friend of what's going on, all right? We beat around the bush too long. Sorny Michelle gets traded from the New England Patriots to the Los Angeles Rams. That was after Daryl Henderson suffered what it was called a minor thumb sprain in practice. Uh, maybe it's a bit more serious. Maybe they just needed some depth uh, because they did le- they did lose Kalias. Uh, they cut him earlier this week. They lost someone else who I can't even remember who it is now. I mean, Jake is not necessarily bringing the funk. Then you got Xavier Jones, who hasn't looked all that good. So Michelle now slots into this offense. I had Daryl Henderson and at number 16 at running back. Uh, obviously, he's going to go down, but should I really be sweating Sony Michelle this much? Because I don't feel like I should be. No, and I'm not either. Uh, it's funny enough, I had him at 16 as well. He fell to 21 for me. He fell back five spots, only because the people in front of him are, are, that are now in front of him were Mike Davis, who I trust the workload a little bit more because, again, they talk about a backfield of nothing behind them. David Montgomery, not the biggest fan. I'm worried about Damian Williams, but still trust a little bit more. Josh Jacobs, same thing with Kenny Drake, trust a little bit more. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but, you know, I, I keep going back and forth. I've, I've taken some drafts where I've taken Clyde Edwards-Alaire and some where I've taken Daryl Henderson, but I think that's the perfect spot for him. And that's the same conversation you honestly have is like Clyde Edwards-Alaire versus Daryl Henderson – Probably similar use. Uh, Daryl Henderson's might be a little bit more, and that's why they balance out, because you could go to the fact of let's compare the offenses. Slight tick up for the Chiefs than you say versus the Rams. But there's a lot of similarities between the two of them, but especially the people behind them now with Michelle. To your point, you're right in the fact that a lot of people were also asking me, who do I want if I own Daryl Henderson? And I said, nobody really. It's going to be a lot like the Rams, or not the Rams, the Chargers, if anything were to happen to Henderson. It's just going to be a mess. It's not really Xavier Jones. It's not really Funk. I thought they might, you know, dip their toe in the waters if somebody got cut. So I wasn't surprised by a trade. I was surprised it was Sony Michelle, but we love this for Damon Harris. But I'm with you. He barely moved down, and he only moved five spots because those guys were already grouped together so closely. That's true. So in my rankings now that I've done the adjustment, it goes Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Carson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, DeAndre Swift, who we'll talk about in a minute, Mike Davis, Daryl Henderson, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders. That's how the, the, the bottom end of 15 to 20 at running back go for me right now. So I, I continue to like, as, it's f- funny, I feel almost fueled by all the Mike Davis hate. And like, there's just a lot of like internet chatters like, oh, how could anyone <laughs> that is 28 actually be a good running back? It's like, I don't care if he's good or not. Let him average fucking 3.7 yards per carry. If he ends up with 300 touches, I don't care. Like, isn't the number one thing that we always talk about at running back is like, hey, man, it would be, be great if we could get volume and have a workhorse and people are like, oh, there's only like three guys who are workhorses. No, he's not as good as like the other workhorses, but The Falcons didn't trade for Sony Michelle. The Rams did. Like, they legit haven't brought in anyone. And if anything, they've actually gotten rid of running backs. They got rid of JV Hawkins. So it's just Davis and Quadre Olison now. Yeah, I actually have Mike Davis 
three touches short of 300 touches. And there's not a lot of running backs I have for 300 touches. This is the Damian Harris, or not Damian Harris, sorry, the uh, the Najee Harris argument coming out of college is the fact that, oh, the offensive line is terrible. Well, okay, fine. So you don't put them on tier one like you did Zeke and Barkley when they came out of college, but on that next tier because he's going to get well over 300 touches. We, You just said it. I said it while you were answering the, asking the question. I was answering you at the same time. It's volume. We want volume. Not only at running back, we want volume for quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends, but more than all the positions, the one that stands out the most is you want volume for running backs. And if you can guarantee the volume, as you just said, even if he averages, which I don't have him that low. I understand some people said he wore down, but two of our better games were towards the end of the season. However, four yards per carry. Ooh, that's not exciting. You know who barely ever averaged four yards per carry for a full season? Oh, last year was only the second time he ever did it, Pat, was Melvin Gordon. And we didn't care about Melvin Gordon averaging 3.8 yards per carry and all this type of stuff because of the volume. So chill the hell out. Let's go back to Leonard Fournette. And I know he wasn't 3.8 yards per carry, but Leonard Fournette wasn't that good with Jacksonville. It was volume, and that got him almost to the top five. So I'm with you. And I, the, the funny thing is, when you said that, too, is I'm trying not to reactionary move Mike Davis up because of the frustration. Like you said, it's like, I, I kind of want to be like, screw you, I'm going to put him higher. But I, I'm, I'm not doing that because we're smart. But I, I know exactly what you're kind of saying. It's like, it's so much hate. You kind of want to push back and be like, well, I'm going to even put him higher then. I can, I, I'm not moving him any higher, and I continue to take him like no, in, the I four, know. In, in the fourth, fifth round. And I just, and especially because I, I just did that draft, the best ball draft uh, for your flex league, and I didn't take a running back until I took Mike Davis. And just cause I got I got handcuffed into a situation where all the running backs I like didn't make it back to me in the second round. You can go watch the draft recap that I did. I, I kind of point out where I went wrong in that draft, which was a lot of places, especially now, um, after some of the injuries <laughs> have taken place and some guys have lost their job. I I still and like your team. I like my team too. Like it was the, it's the maximum upside type team that I love to draft that, you know, I, I've always said it that like, I'm not, I want to win fantasy football leagues every single year. I live in a pragmatic world where that's not going to happen every single year that if I win, I feel like I'm going to win by a lot. And if I'm not, I'm probably going to be one of, like, one of the worst four teams in the league. That's just usually how it turns out for me when I do some of these drafts. And that's sort of the range of outcomes that I want. I don't want to play the middle ground. I want to be the best. I want to be the worst. Cause if you're not first, according to Ricky Bobby's dad, at least you're last. <laughs> And it turns out that wasn't I even mean, the case at all once he reflected on it later in life. So maybe I should actually take that strategy. That's the way that I like to play. No, because I, I say that all the time, too, is people ask, you know, when I tech, I took Kyle Pitts at the 4-5 turn, almost the 4-5 turn. It was the third to last pick in the fourth round, similar to like tra taking Travis Kelsey in the first, Sa taking him there knowing there's a chance I don't get him at the beginning of the fifth, so why not just take him with that earlier pick? But all that point being made is the fact of why are you going to do that? Well, I'm shooting for the upside. You know, Could Kyle Pitts only be worth a seventh round cost? Of course. But to your point is, and that's the second time I've already said that, uh, to, to your point, third time, is nobody's ever come out of a draft being like, I'm aiming for fourth place. You, you want to win the whole thing, so you don't go bananas and take all injury risk and all pure upside plays but at certain points in the draft when you're making those type of picks nobody's ever come out of the draft the past couple of years now that he's finally looks like he's potentially retired nobody's ever been like oh yeah i got frank gore in the 10th round haha -ha. 
It's true. That is absolutely the case. The thing I'm, I'm worried about is that Mike Davis is Frank Gore and then he's just not startable any single way. If you're starting him on your team, he sucks. Uh, like your team sucks, but I'm hoping he's going to be a little bit better. Than no, Mike Frank Gore. Gore. So the, the past two years, sure. But before that, no. And granted, Frank Gore. No, no, hold on. Granted, Frank Gore only finished top 15 because he was one of the few running backs that played all 16 games. But you always got top 25 to 30 value that's not exciting that's not great you don't take that in the first six seven rounds but if you could plug you tell me i'm going to plug in a top 25 to 30 running back in my flex every single week i'd be okay with that if i went wide receiver heavy or you know i took kelsey earlier or something like that because you no, it's not exciting but you also know you're always getting eight to ten points yeah, every see, single see, week yeah but i don't like that though because now we're looking at like the end of the year stuff of yeah frank gore played every game that was great and that's how he got up there like, well you don't know you're not starting him at the end of the year no but like when i'm looking at points per game he's just not the type of player that i want on my roster uh I, okay yeah i see what you're saying but i would say for that consistency i don't have a problem with it and you usually find somebody by the end of the year to replace him anyway is kind of why i was saying for the end of the year stuff you gotta hopeful you gotta, you gotta hope for that one sony michelle where I didn't have yeah. him in the rankings, so now I need to put him in the rankings somewhere, I suppose. Actually, no, that's not true. I had him at number 65 at running back. Probably a bit more <laughs> valuable than that at the moment. So where does he go? Would you rather have Naheem Hines or Sony Michelle? Mm, I still slightly lean Hines. Would you go want to have Gio Bernard or Sony Michelle? Sonny Michelle, I don't want anything to do with the Bucks backfield. I actually like Gio Bernard. I actually like Gio Bernard better than Sonny Michelle. Would you rather have James White no. or, or Sonny Michelle? Uh, uh, this is actually the Frank. Both Gio and James White are kind of the Frank Gore of pass catchers. I'd rather go for Sonny Michelle in the fact that, again, because we're doing this today. If a week from now, we're not, yeah, we, we are not is, doing it for a week from now. We're doing it today, Jake. I know, and I'm saying that. I'm saying if you're drafting this weekend, and that's I'm explaining why I'm about to say Sony Michelle is because if a week from now I would might have a different answer. If it was Daryl Henderson's 100% fine, Sony Michelle, and they get reports from multiple beat writers saying he's only brought in in case anything were to happen, then it's James White and Giovanni Bernard. But right now, because you mentioned at the top, it's the finger non-contact jersey. Sounds like he should be okay, but if you draft this weekend and Tuesday rolls around around and it's oh daryl henderson's questionable for week one then sony michelle is clearly the much more valuable pick yeah i mean you are correct about that that's going to take more information but i don't have that information right now jake because i'm not from the future. so i'm taking sony michelle right now i'm gonna I take, know. that's why i'm taking sony michelle I, I would still take yeah i would take sony michelle over james white i would still take bernard though i think bernard could be sneaky good in that offense let's talk about the Patriots side of this so do I have to elevate Damian Harris? Because I had Damian Harris pretty high anyway that I don't feel super comfortable <laughs> moving him up anymore. I have him at number 26 at running back. Why do you hate Damian Harris? I love Damian Harris. I, I drafted him <laughs> in that league. I like Because I have Mostert so. one spot ahead of him. I like Mostert. Still, I like him more. And I broke it down on that show uh, more. Like and Even when I used Run the Sim, showed the projections of the market share. Yeah, it had Sony Michelle baked into it. So how does this backfield look? Because do we think that now that Cam has had to miss these five days of practice, is like Max Jones sneakily going to be starting for this team week one? Uh, I, you know what? It, it depends... 
Is, are the Patriots bitter? I mean, that could be the only reason because Cam Newton's looked like Cam Newton. He's firing the ball all over the field, and he brings the rushing upside. Yes, Mac Jones has also looked good. And honestly, you could it's one of those situations where you say you could go either way in your fantasy draft because both options are good. I think right now the Patriots are looking at both and saying, wow, we're kind of in a win-win situation here. And, uh, you know, Mac Jones, if needed, is ready to go, it looks like. This offense is still, it hasn't asked Cam to run a lot in the preseason, but you can still look at the offense and say there are still, it's not quite the Dolphins last year where they straddled the fence with Fitzpatrick and Tua and tried to play both aspects because you know the offense is going to be different for Mac Jones than it is Cam Newton, but there isn't so much of a difference going from Fitzpatrick to Tua as there is going from Cam to Mac Jones. So there is overlap right now. And that's why I say I can see the transition being easier where if you just have one bad game from Cam, they could flip the switch like that. I still think Cam goes into the season as the starter, but I feel like his leash is super short. So one of the best parts about Damian Harris is when I went and looked at the market share tool on Run the Sims and just looked at the games that Cam's play that Cam played with Damian Harris, like Cam is averaging really around like 32% of the carries on this team. Now that's bad for all of the running backs because he calls his own number around the goal line a lot. And that's really what prevents any sort of upside from any of these guys when Cam is in the backfield, at least the way that they were running their offense last year. Maybe that's because he couldn't throw and was injured and maybe it'll look a little (laughs) bit different this year, but I would expect them... I would expect them to run a lot if Cam is the quarterback. Like that's just if you the, the difference would be that if Mac Jones is the quarter is the quarterback, that Damian Harris might be like a 65% market share in that backfield. Potentially. That'd be like best case scenario. Mm-hmm. And he would get the goal line work. But if Cam is the quarterback, then the rushing the market share of rushes is like 48%, 49% for Damian Harris, because that's what he was getting when both of them were healthy at the same time. Except the Patriots run the ball like 15, 15 more times a game. So it all kind of works itself out to be the same thing. It's just he's getting fewer goal line touches. Yes. Yes. 100%. Everything you just said, and that's kind of the answer I've been giving everybody, is that the Cam Newton, Mac Jones situation. Uh, so one of the things is the athletic asked if you know, we had some input on speculating. And I said, honestly, I don't want to sound like there's no answer, but there is no answer because it equals out. It, it, you get the positives from playing with Cam. You get the positives from playing Mac Jones. And in different areas, one's better, but it kind of just comes out to almost a net neutral. I did move Damian Harris up a few. Well, the projections did, and I would as well. I originally had him kicking off my next tier of guys with Mostert, Gaskin, Javante Williams, and guys like that. Uh, now he jumped a few spots, and we, we were both at 26, uh, higher than a lot of people, both you and I were, on Damon Harris. He jumped three spots. Now he's in front of Hunt and Sanders, and he well, he's at Gaskin, so Gaskin moved up too. So he's at 23 now. Anyway, one spot behind Swift, one spot in front of Miles Sanders. So I have this little mini tier of running backs starting at running back number 22. Javante Williams, Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, Mostert, Harris, Gaskin, and James Robinson is right there now as well. We'll get to him in a minute, but that's still where I kind of feel comfortable with him. Like, I don't know how much this actually changes anything for him. Like, it's just everyone is now caught up to where I had him. Yeah, I think the same thing. They've caught up to us, but I also moved them up just a little bit more because I did have Sony Michelle in there for about, it wasn't a lot. I want to say off the top of my head, it was somewhere around 11% of the rushes, maybe 10 and change or something like that. So I didn't put all of that on Damon Harris. I sprinkled some into Stevenson because, you know, Stevenson basically takes the Sony Michelle role, who I think you and I have talked about, if not during the rookie time, but 
when he was drafted. I said they basically got their new LeGarrette Blunt. That's who he is if you want a very easy comp in your head. Uh, but they're probably going to use a little bit more J.J. Taylor, and that's why I also hesitated a little bit on the James White. I think they like J.J. Taylor. There's a lot of reports from people that cover the team. It's not just one beat reporter, because that's one of the things we need to parse through in the preseason as well, is if you have just one beat reporter being like, ooh, this guy looked good in practice, that's cool. He's doing the same thing any of us would do. It's his opinion on what he sees. If you have four, five, six beat reporters saying the same thing, that's when you say, hey, I should take notice. And there's been a lot of people saying positive things about J.J. Taylor. Again, I don't think he's a threat to James White, but when you sprinkle in a percentage of touches for J.J. Taylor, it's why it makes me a little bit more hesitant than I've ever been on James White. Uh, but that's, again, so some went to Damian Harris, some went to Stevenson, and then a few just went to Taylor. So Harris, basically, I could tell you what I have. I'm curious, do you have what you have for his percentage of the rushing total? I have him for 45.6. I had him around 40, 41% before this. Damian Harris, I think I had him at 49. Yeah. I think I believe I had him at 49%, but because I had factored in Mac Jones playing 75% of the games. Okay, I see, and I have Cam Newton playing 65%, so that's there you go. That would probably be the biggest, the starkest difference between that. Uh, if people want to do this themselves and just go like adapt the market shares and see what the projections actually spit out for this, that's that's one of the free tools at runthesims.com right now. Uh, you just go sign up and go do that. Yeah, I have Damian Harris at 48% of the team's rushes this year. I still have Cam Newton at 7%, and that's assuming that he only plays like four games. <laughs> yeah. I, have him at, I have him over that, obviously, because I have more games than you. I have him at 15%. Okay, and I, I had Sony Michelle at 20% and Stevenson at 10%. So obviously 20 more percent gets freed up in that, but I'll probably just dump it on to the other guys and keep Harris where I had him. Yeah, Stevenson went up to 13% for me. J.J. Taylor is 11 and change. James White's are 8 and change. So yeah, it's just it's where we started was a little bit different and where we finished off is going to be a little bit different. And it really comes down to what you started this conversation with is the Cam Jones, Mac, or Cam Jones. Yeah, Cam Jones would be a great quarterback. Cam Newton, Mac Jones situation. Yeah, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. I, I just bumped Michelle one spot ahead of James White because I totally forgot about like the J.J. Taylor potential impact that he could make. Do you think that Stevenson is draftable? I do only because if if Damian Harris gets hurt, James White, as we've seen, James White's not changing. JJ uh, Taylor, he's fun, but he's more similar. He's not a hundred percent, but he's more similar to James White than he is Stevenson. And the Patriots, whether a committee or using only two guys or whatever they want to do, they do love their Legarrette Blunts of the world, and that's what Stevenson is. And granted, you could say Stevenson's been playing against a lot of second-team units and stuff like that. And of course, you know that's a factor. He's also been playing with a lot of the second-team players himself. But if you look at him as just that pounding running back that the Patriots have thrown out there for years, he essentially just took Sonny Michelle's job. It's very easy. Take out Sonny Michelle, put in Stevenson. So I have Stevenson right now ranked around like Damian Williams, J.D. McKissick, Chubba Hubbard, Devin Singletary, Devontae Booker. Like, I don't feel like I need to move him all that much. No, and for somebody asked that, somebody even today that said, why is the biggest bump to Taylor and not Stevenson? And again, it goes back to because Stevenson was already somewhat high for me. And it's more for the fact that J.J. Taylor was a non-factor in my projections. And that, again, we go back to what they've been liking from him. And I gave him touches. I essentially gave him touches. He was down in like the 3% range. And now he's around 10%. Okay, cool. This summer bespoke post is here to take your adventure to the next level with a new line of must-have box of awesome collections. 
Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every single month. I got my box of awesome, and frankly, the bag is the huge selling point, but there was just a collection of awesome things inside of it. There was a knife inside of mine. I got an outdoorsy one, but this bag is going to probably be in my life for the next 20 years now because it's the perfect size. It's not too big, it's not too small, but it has good girth to it, or good gainth, and it just holds an awful lot of stuff. So when I have to travel, I'm going overnight, that's what I got in my box of awesome. And the great thing was that it was filled with stuff when it came to, so no matter what you're into box of awesome has you covered from travel to outdoor gear to breezy summer styles and grooming goods box of awesome has collections for every part of your life to get started take the quiz at boxofawesome.com your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you they release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories it's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime each box only costs 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. And you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the promo code PME at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com code PME for 20% off your first box. Let's talk about this Jacksonville backfield situation now. It's funny how triggered people got. I threw out a tweet yesterday that just said, <laughs> Carlos Hyde is going to tilt all of you starting in week one. And I, it's, there's like a, it was more of a joke, but I do think that there is some truth to that now that Travis Etienne is out. Well, he's not out for the season, but he's most likely out for the season. Maybe he comes back at the end of the year. I doubt unless Jacksonville's like really good that they, they push that forward a little bit. Because when I released the show yesterday, it was sort of like, we don't know. Like he's out, quote unquote, indefinitely. I was like, so I speculated that he missed 10 weeks. So I just bumped him way down in the rankings, moved up James Robinson to where I would have him. So I have James Robinson now at running back number 28. I actually, mm-hmm. th- obviously like this, is, he is the big one that this helps out. I actually think it helps out Chenault a lot because that was one reason I was kind of down on Chenault was I thought that Etienne would do a lot of the same similar type of things that 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 a lot of people are projecting Chenault to do whether it be a few carries a game playing out of the slot like these just weird plays and being an x-factor type player as Urban Meyer said but with James Robinson I look at the rankings and I look at his name and knowing he's a starting running back now and it feels like he's still too low but for whatever reason, I'm still really pensive about him. So I'm going to keep him at running back number 29 or 28, sorry, and keep him behind Miles Gaskin, keep him behind Damian Harris. I think he's a part of that tier now, but I don't think he's the best guy on that tier. Mm, I think he's not the best guy in that tier because he doesn't deserve to be on that tier. He deserves to be much higher. Uh, so I was doing the All In Football podcast when this happened, and we were breaking it down live with a friend of yours, Lauren Carpenter, stepmom Lauren. Um, oh, host, we were host doing of sh- Fantasy Football yeah. Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. Hey, look, look at that Lauren, name drop Lauren for you. There you, awesome. go. there you go. Lauren is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, James Robinson, off the top of my head, we kind of do what I do. We made a list, and I was kind of going down the rankings, and I said, I feel like he's going to finish 15 or 16 for me. I updated my projections. And he checked in right at 15, uh, one spot in front of Chris Carson and then in front of Davis, Edwards, Alaire and Montgomery. And when it comes down to James Robinson, I agree with you. I, I would say of all of those guys, he has the lowest floor. No question, but not because of James Robinson, because of Urban Meyer, Meyer. Urban that, Meyer. That, took, that, that is yeah. exactly it. That's that's the part that terrifies me about this. 
And I and I can't tell you to feel good about it. And that's what I said on the podcast. And that's what I've even said in the comments, too. I will take Robinson there. I will take Robinson in the third round because we just saw what Robinson is. And whether you want to go to, oh, you know, this undrafted, forget, just take James Robinson and what he did last year and look at what he did. Great running back. Is he an exceptional running back? Is he a tier one, two or two? No. Last year was also over 70% of the touches every single week. That's the other factor that I have in there is I didn't give him 70% of the touches. I barely gave him even 60% of the carries because the Carlos Hyde factor and go back to Urban Meyer, he drafted ETN in the first round. That tells me Urban Meyer doesn't love James Robinson. But if you've seen one thing, too, from two games, and again, it's a very small sample, but if you're watching those games and you watch James Robinson, this whole Jacksonville Jaguars offense looks like a mess still as of today. But if you said, who are the three best players? Just watch these games and tell me who the three best players are. Your answer is going to be Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, and James Robinson. He's looked better than anybody else, even including Colin Johnson for one little flash there and other wide receivers and Carlos Hyde. Still looks like Carlos Hyde. So it comes down to I have him for 231 carries. 51 receptions. Maybe the receptions are a little bit high. You pull those back. But the real concern there for me is not that it should be because the target share was already pretty high for Chark, Chenault, and Marvin Jones. And Carlos Hyde and Goomba Wally, the goon, your guy, I just don't see them getting that involved in the passing game to take away from James Robinson. Now, if they signed a Duke Johnson, sure. But I think 280 carries, which still checks in at about 60% versus 70% last year. And that's why he comes at RB15 for me. So when I rerun the projections, I, it's not completely dissimilar. So I would end up having James Robinson for 236 carries, 1,053 yards, 46 catches, 325 yards, and around 10 touchdowns. That would put him at running back number 19 for me in half. You're not that far from me. No, it's not. But I just don't. I look at that and I'm like, I, I don't trust it. I just I don't trust this team. And, and you, that's... what 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 percentage chance that like Tavon Austin is all of a sudden a part of this offense? Because I'm not <laughs> I'm not rolling that out with Urban Meyer. I made the joke that people forgot that Tavon Austin still still to this day still on this team. Look, I here's the bigger one. You it's not even Tavon Austin. I have Laviska Schnault for 188 rushing yards and 1.7 rushing, so two rushing touchdowns, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot for a wide receiver. That's you know we're talking there are very few that get into that range from consistently being on the field. So you take 200 yards, two touchdowns for him, and that's not even including if they do something with Tavon Austin because I don't have Tavon Austin making the roster. If you throw Tavon Austin on this roster instead of Jalen Camp or Philip Dorsett or somebody like that, and he adds another 150 and a touchdown to him. And, you know, that's I'm not saying that's not plausible at all. That's why the very first thing I said to you is I can't tell you to feel good. This is going to come down completely to what do you want to do? Do you want to? It's the shoot for first, Pat. I feel like the third round, you're getting a fringe RB1 in James Robinson because I have always believed in James Robinson, the talent. I don't believe in Urban Meyer and his brain and how it works for this team. So if that's more of your concern, then just skip James Robinson because he is going to go into the mid to the third late round now. So if you want to skip him, take a wide receiver and then wait to take Henderson or Edwards Alaire or David Montgomery or Harris or Miles Sanders or one of those guys, go right ahead. But you're going to have to make that decision because that's where he's going to start going. And the flex, the final flex draft last night, he was RB 17, no, the no, seventh no. pick of the third round. No, seventh pick of the third round. Like that's what like you're telling me. I can have Lamar Jackson or James Robinson. Like that's an easy decision. So, yeah, and, 
And that's how you, you want to go. And then I can see wanting to go that direction. Like, so that's going to come down to what you want to do. Like I could have, listen, I, I, we're going to talk about Jamar Chase in a second, but I could have T Higgins or James Robinson. Give me T Higgins. Give me DJ Moore. <laughs> Give me Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews. Here, hold on. I'll, I'll pull up and tell you who went right after him that Deontay weren't running Johnson. backs. Here. All right. I'll, and I'll tell you if I would have taken the other guy or not. Tell me the guys that went right after. I know. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, 100%. That's what I'm curious about because he went RB17. So that's you're not that far off from your projections. You said you already wouldn't take him there even though that's what your projections say. But here's the receipt of, oh, I know your answer, the three receivers, let alone that went right after him were Godwin, Robinson, and Cooper. Robinson? Alan like Robinson, like yeah. Alan Robinson? Is there like a, a Dave Robinson? Like, what the fuck is he doing going <laughs> down there? That's outrageous. He was the 13th wide receiver off the board because CD Lamb. What is this? Like a, is this like a points per carry league or something? What are people doing? <laughs> No, that's just he was the 13th wide receiver. Okay, he should go over Godwin. I could see the case for somebody took Lamb over him. I could see the case for Lamb because Cooper's still a little bit banged up. I'm not saying I would. I would take Robinson as well. And then the next round, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson, my boy, you know that, Deontay, uh, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Higgins, Julio, DJ Moore, now into the fifth round. I, I still, so I, 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 I'm still not taking James Robinson over any of these guys. <laughs> Okay, and there's a lot of people that are with you on that, and I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, uh, but at the same time, this is also, by the end of the third round, 20 running backs are off the board, and another five went off in the fourth round, so where, where, this where is did, one of those did, things. Where did, where did uh, Mostert go? Mostert went, actually, Mo, here's an interesting one. I'm going to throw this out to you. I know this isn't on your topics, but I, I want the strategy and see if you would do the same thing. Steve Gardner won the league last year. He took Mostert at the end of the fifth. He had the turn pick. End of the fifth, and Sermon. then bang, bang, Sermon. It's not best ball, though, right? It's like you have to start one of these no. guys every week. No, that's yeah, that's why I'm asking you. I don't like now, that. I, now. I don't, also, I, I don't like that move. Especially, like if it was rounds twelve and thirteen, then I don't mind it. But that much draft capital, especially with all those receivers you just left, listed off, like we can go more receiver. Like I just that that's what happened to me in the flex draft. I just started looking at it and like I almost feel like an idiot for taking Mike Davis where I did because he probably would have lasted me till the fifth round at that point. And I could have loaded up even more <laughs> at receiver. Like the receivers are the better players than these guys. Like I like Mostert a lot. The end of the fifth round seems kind of high for him, even though I like him. I thought you were going to say, like, I got him in the end of the seventh round in ours, right. where I think is a good spot for him. Like, that's where I'd take James Robinson. And that's he's going half the rounds before that. And again, it comes down to what do you believe in James Robinson? Uh, to go to your the conversation about the 49ers, so the comparison I made, I said, I wouldn't do that. The only team I would probably do that with because of the cost is like Michael Carter in the eighth and Tevin Coleman in the twelfth. Like something like that, just yeah. because the cost is nothing. That that one's okay by me. But the Mostert sermon, I'm trying to look because I was going to say the Melvin Gordon Javante Williams situation, but they went, se they both went in the seventh, no sixth and seventh round. So that's the same thing. It's like that's just too much for one backfield for me. Yeah, that's just too much draft capital. If you're going to load up and do something like that, it has to be cheap. Like one of the would you do? Oh, hit me. Sorry to cut you off. Would you do Josh Jacobs in the fourth and no, 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 Drake no, in the ninth? No, 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 Drake in no, 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 okay. that, that, no. Absolutely. Not. I'm just, yeah, I'm just asking. I, I, I think that Drake in the ninth is the better pick, but he's banged up right now. Oh, of course. Would you do Edmonds in the eighth and Connor in the 10th? That's more palatable. Edmonds in the eighth seems fine with me. I think Connor in the 10th is still too high. Ooh, see, so I think that's too low. I think they should be going back to back. 
I again, and this is where like the play the upside comes in for me. I just feel like there's more upside with Chase. Sure, he could be like really sure. shitty. I'm not going to deny that, but I just don't see a world where like Connor's really good. He could be serviceable, and the tenth round is fine for that. But I just... <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. We got breaking news, Pat. Speaking of Urban Meyer. He's announced Trevor Lawrence as the starter. No, oh, thank God. Well, that's also the underrated part of this too. Like this offensive line is clearly bad. Like it's going to be one of the worst in the league. I don't know how much dump off potential there is with Trevor Lawrence here. I think he might just run. And that well, takes that's away, why... and that takes away from James Robinson. Uh, so that's why I said the dump off. That's why I said the, the receptions might be a little bold uh, if you want to become pull back and be more conservative on those. And then he would drop into like, for me, if you did that, he would drop into like RB 20 to 22, somewhere around there. I do have, I have Trevor Lawrence for 71 rushing attempts, 325 yards and three rushing touchdowns. I do have him running. That's not a ton, but that's running a decent chunk. Yeah, I have him more than that. I have 15% of the market share and I had to artificially go bump up the rushing rate of this team. But if they're going to be bad, like James Robinson's not, I mean, maybe he is with Urban Meyer, who knows what's going to happen, but like <laughs> him getting like 20 carries a game just doesn't seem to meet any of the game script expectations that I would have for Jacksonville. It just seems like they're going to be throwing it done. And I think that's, yeah, that's, that's a bigger factor there. And then you might see, then you might see the goon on the field all of a sudden. I still don't think he gets too involved. It's still the I, goon. I, let's I, be honest. I, listen, no, I agree with you, but the only reason that he's on this team is to catch passes. Yeah. And I have him for... 21 receptions, 162 yards, and a touchdown. So it would be one thing if James Robinson was going around Harris and Mostert. I think that is completely fine. That's where I will continue to have him ranked. Because where you have to draft him now, like you said, like midway through round three, it's like you factored out. out. There's not a whole lot of upside from there. Like maybe he ends up returning second round value if everything goes right. That's not like a whole lot of movement forward on that. No, but at the same time, the running backs you're taking in that range, too, you're still in the first three rounds, so there's not a lot of movement in general. You know, if you're still taking Montgomery and but that, Carson. But, but I mean, <laughs> Carson, I disagree with. I do think that there is upside to Carson, and I think there's a more established I think we've floor. seen it. Maybe. I'm done with Carson. Uh, done with Carson moving him up, like hoping for more. Chris Carson at this point is Chris Carson. I know when healthy. But at this point, like I, I, as much as anybody, hate the injury prone. I bring up Leonard Fournette all the time and bring up the fact that in college and then the first two years of his career, injury prone, injuries, 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 until you're not. But when it's similar injuries, and then you start to say, okay, this needs to be baked in a little bit. Uh, Todd Gurley's knee is a completely, that's the opposite end of the spectrum where that is a legitimate injury concern. But... Um, when you start talking about like, you know, it's this, it's that, it's another little leg issue. It's another like, I brought up a, a, another show yesterday. Somebody asked me, oh, is the Welshman Bogman. They asked me about Dak Prescott. And I said, you know what? I, I don't want to say like, there's any, I'm not a doctor. I, what? I don't play one on TV, but, but I, I, I had you, Pres well, hold on. I have you on this show. <laughs> I thought your name was Jake Seeley MD. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I always wanted the Esquire. I, that's what I always wanted, like because it's Bill and Ted. I always wanted the Esquire. But anyway, like, the Dak Prescott. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> as a football person and the risk that you and it's a different risk that you're talking about with James Robinson, but it's similar to Chris Carson and different injuries. Like, it's Dak Prescott. Sure, it's a pitching, throwing arm situation. Now it's the side and now it's his leg. Like, it's just like, is it going to stop? Like, is Dak Prescott going to be 100% this year? And that's similar in a way to Chris Carson. It's like, Chris Carson going to be 100%. It's the Julio Jones. If you don't like Julio Jones, 
that's fine. I'm not going to argue into Julio Jones the same way. I don't think you can argue me at this point into Chris Carson. Uh, I have Chris Carson at number 15 at running back. And that would be... I am a 16. <laughs> All right, so yeah. So it's funny because I, I, I feel like that's a ranking where I like him. and I, You have it as a ranking where you like don't love him. So it's funny how I, I, it's I like... just two different perceptions on <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, but I just think that he's better and in a better situation than James Robinson is because we don't have to deal with necessarily the fuckery that goes on because when Carson is healthy, like you've said, in Seattle, they actually do use him. <laughs> I don't know. Rashad, speaking of being healthy, Rashad Penny's finally healthy. Oh my God, sure he <laughs> is. Sure he is. <laughs> Rashad uh, now I got to think about where I'm going to draft ETN in my keeper league because he's going to fall, obviously, because it's only a three, like three keeper. So I got to think about where I'm going to take him. Maybe if I can get him late enough, I'll just stash him for the year because we have an extra bench would... in order to do that. Where am I putting I Hyde? Feel like... Would you rather have Stevenson or Hyde? Or do you just want nothing to do with Hyde? I want nothing to do with Hyde. What about Ozigbo? Ziggy? <laughs> Zigbo Divine? Uh, don't, I really don't want anybody outside of James Robinson. Honestly, it's the Urban Meyer situation. I, I think they're going to bring somebody in. I just think they are. because, And that being more of a concern than anything, because that if they bring somebody in that's name-worthy, like a cut or Duke Johnson still lingering out there or something like that, that tells me exactly what the concern is, is that Urban Meyer just wants it basically if you for all intents and purposes what urban meyer has told us to date whatever his offensive style is going to be to date he's told us he wants to be bill belichick in the backfield like he just wants to use a billion people and we're all screwed yeah what i the biggest concern that i have is that when they get to the three yard line carlos hyde is in the game uh, and, and i don't think that he's not like, gonna score and if i yeah he won't it was three <laughs> rushes for zero yards and they'll be like let's do it again and <laughs> And like people think like, oh, that's outrageous. Like, I don't think that's outrageous. I think there's like a legit 35% chance that happens. <laughs> and, and that's the concerns. I, I, again, of anybody in this tier, I have them in a different tier than you do, but of anybody in this tier, even with the Edwards Alaire concerns, including an injury right now, even with the injury concerns of Daryl Henderson, all this, he's of all of them by far has the lowest floor. And I'm, I will, I will definitely agree with you on that. Marvin Jones got banged up in that game. Uh, he just has a sprain in his shoulder. It's been revealed that he's going to be okay for week one. He's going to stay at number 31 in my rankings, although number 32 in my rankings is a guy that I actually do like a lot now that the price has decreased, although I think it's back on the way up. But this is one of like the cheaper stacks that you can have in your redraft lineups. Like, Remember when everyone wanted Jalen Hurts and it was like, oh, Jalen Hurts this. Like, he's going to be so good. And we, we made a case for him that you know it's probably like a 0.1% chance of happening, but he could be the best quarterback in fantasy football. And now like no one wants him anymore. Like He's going outside the top 100 picks. Like You can have Hurts and Devonta Smith for essentially nothing right now. And they could be both awesome. And I still have been taking plenty of hurts. Uh, I know we're not talking about him, but this another one is I've been taking a lot of Joe Burrow, uh, the guys oh, that are oh, fighting a quarterback. I, I got a lot of Joe Burrow because I mean, we'll save him for the very next topic. But I, he, as a quarterback <laughs> yeah. in this conversation, I think that he has to be in it. And let's talk about why is Jalen Hurts falling? Uh, what because he hasn't played much? Because. It definitely isn't the Flacco play if you've been watching it. So, like, there's zero reason for Hurts to not be the quarterback. Like, if the Eagles are contending or not, if they're thinking for the future or if they're contending, their best option is Jalen Hurts, period. If they have to go back to the well next year, 
that's a conversation for another day. And you can talk about what they're, whether they're going to draft Rattler or anything like that. That's another conversation. But for this year, Flacco isn't the answer. Jalen Hurts is. And if Jalen Hurts is at quarterback, let's go back to Josh Allen's rookie season. It's similar to that. It's the Bills had nothing to play for the fact that they really weren't playoff contenders at that point. But it was, let's see what we have in Josh Allen right now, because what's the point? Let's see what they have in Jalen Hurts, because what's the point? And the rushing upside and- is still... 800 yards and multiple touchdowns. And you know who rode Josh Allen to fantasy championships in his rookie season? Me. No one wanted him. It's like, no, this guy's <laughs> actually good at fantasy. You might, I have no idea if he's any good in real life, but fantasy-wise, like he's the advanced Tyler Thigpen. Yeah, yeah, look, everybody wants the next Josh Allen, the next Josh Allen. Oh, to, you know, Trey, Trey Lance is the next Josh Allen, and forgetting that it's 1-50. in 50. The real next Josh Allen right now is Jalen Hurts, rookie season Josh Allen. So worst case scenario, that's what he is. Yeah, worst case scenario, he's probably like QB 10. And he has, basically, he's low-rent Lamar. And the only concern you should have on Devontae Smith to bring him back in the conversation, because I didn't really touch on that, is just whether or not he stays on the field. If he stays on the field, if he's healthy, this, what, top 30 wide receiver is coming because he's the number one target in that offense. As we've seen, Zach Ertz is still lingering on this team, which is stopping Dallas Goddard from being able to be the breakout everybody wants him to be. Uh, we play this game in fantasy all the time of like, could you imagine if, could you imagine if he gets all these touches? Could you imagine if they just turned to him? Okay, that's fun to imagine, but we can't force the coaches to do what we think is best. And sometimes, hey, guess what? There's a reason these guys are in the NFL coaching NFL teams. They might be a little bit smarter or at least Sometimes they're not smarter, admittedly, but they know more than we do because let's go back to Lamar Miller and everybody pounding the table from Lamar Miller. So the fact is, the person who's going to be getting the most opportunities in this offense when on the field is Devontae Smith. And if Devontae Smith does stay healthy for all 17 games, I think that like top 30 receiver is his floor at that point. Like He has the potential to be a top 15 receiver if he's healthy every single one of these games and he truly is the number one, which you got to think that he is because like Rager's already getting down talk that he might not even be a starter at this point. Quez Watkins might be starting for this team on the outside. Greg Ward might be on the field a bunch. Your boy Fulgham, I don't know if he makes the team, man. <laughs> Uh, I, I think he does, honestly, at this point, just because of what's what are the other, other options. I yeah. you know, I, I I have a soft spot for him because of ODU, but I've admittedly said this. You, Pat, when we were doing your show last year, said go grab him immediately until defenses start treating him as the number one receiver, and then you know he's he's at a four. He's a possession receiver. I would love that he could be more because he's from ODU, but I have to be real about what his talent level is. I still think he's on the team just because Arthago Whiteside is not going to be on this team. Uh, and you just go down this roster and Greg Ward is fine, but Greg Ward still making this team doesn't really stop Fulgham from making it. Joe Burrow. Let's talk about him. Cause I do like Joe Burrow mainly because I have the Bengals projected with the most pass attempts in the NFL. Like hopefully he can stay healthy enough. And I do he too. doesn't get beat up too much, but if he does stay healthy again, it is a pure volume play for a team that, you know, if you draft Mixon, you have to hope that he's a big part of this receiving game. Cause they're going to be throwing so much that, you know, he's going to have to do stuff there in order to achieve his average draft position, which I think that he can do. I think he will be a part of that, but you know how much I've loved Jamar Chase for like the past four months. And I just keep Mm -hmm. moving him up and up my rankings. He ended up one spot behind CeeDee Lamb at number 15, or sorry, number 13. Uh, So the top of the wide receiver two tier. And uh, there was a bunch of negative press this week, Jake. And I got to say, I want to hold firm, (laughs) but I'm not feeling good about it. So so who do you have him right behind? CeeDee Lamb. Okay. Um, who do you have right in, or who do you see right in front of? 
Amare Cooper, Cooper Cup, Bobby Trees, that would be Robert Woods, Godwin, Thielen, Evans, Deontay Johnson, Julio Jones, T. Higgins. So I feel like I got him. I mean, I have... I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I have him behind almost all of those. Almost. Uh, I have him at 24. Um, and the funny thing was is I had him back-to-back with T. Higgins, who is at 20, by the way, right behind Tyler Lockett for me. If you were, um, if you were actually, drafting today, would you take Chase or Higgins? I would take Higgins. I would still take Chase because I'm going down with the ship. But they need to be close. <laughs> I like both of them, actually. But. <laughs> No, it is certainly so. What it comes down to, and I drew this comparison on the athletic football. That's not the fancy football. They actually act with Robert Mays. They was doing that one. We were talking Jamar Chase, and he was somebody that was down on Chase from day one uh, because his biggest knock is not necessarily a hundred percent on Chase. It's more for the fact he, he what his argument was. If you're going to take a wide receiver that high, they have to be a complete everything you could potentially want in a wide receiver, and his concern is the same thing I said in my draft profile about him is that he gets bodied and when I say like he gets bodied is he's not he doesn't even have to be DK Metcalf he's not AJ Brown he's he's just not that muscular every potential like that's where he falters a little bit kind of like maybe more like a Tyreek Hill body type but anyway that being said is he's he gets behind defenders easily. He gets into space, but he also lets coverage kind of drape on him sometimes, and that's why he'll lose some contested catches, and then you hear the concern. I don't even care about the drops. He barely dropped the ball ever in college. That's mental. Like, forget about that. It really comes down to physical corner stopping him. Now, what I brought up, Pat, and why I am still – I'm on chase. I still have him as a fringe wide receiver, too. He's 24 for me. I don't hate him. Is I think he could be kind of like Javante Williams, Michael Carter, is you finally get the real Jamar Chase in week five or six. So it's not right out of the gate. And at that point, it's also going to come down to this team. I brought up DK Metcalf for this reason. I said, what did the Seahawks do? They were smart in Metcalf. They said, you know what? We know you have limitations. We see what everybody's talking about because we see the same thing. We're not going to ask you to run curls. We're not going to ask you to run comebacks and over the middle of the field. We're going to let you be DK Metcalf. If the Bengals let Jamar Chase be Jamar Chase, run perimeter route, stay on the outside, get behind defenders, over the middle of the fields, uh, you know, the slot option sometimes to mix in. That's great. If they ask him to kind of go for, you know, big body type catches, he's going to falter. So that also comes down to the Bengals as well. So what I'm going to do is move him down because I think that's the only reasonable thing to do. Although I'm I still Right, this is where you want to buy the dip on Jamar Chase. If there's ever a time to draft him, now would be. Where did he go in that draft last night? Like the seventh round or something? Oh, uh, uh, let me check. Uh, I think he went higher than that. I, I took I, him. I I've, I've been I've taking him out. in the middle of the fifth round. That's where he I went si- middle of the sixth. He was wide receiver 31 off the board. See, that's too low. So I'll tell you who went in front of him Chase Claypool or Jamar Chase? Chase Chase. Yeah, Chase. Did Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase, right? Yeah. Yes. Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase. Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase, right? Uh, Judy? Jamar Chase. Yes, agreed. Juju Smith-Schuster? Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. <laughs> Kenny Galladay? Jamar, Jamar Chase. Are you drafting Kenny Galladay? Because I'm just not. No. I'm not <laughs> just no, watching no, him go no, off the board no, every single No, thank He's not even back at practice yet. <laughs> He's not back at practice. He's not practicing with a new quarterback. He's not practicing with a new quarterback who's not even playing himself in the preseason who doesn't like to throw to covered players. And Kenny Galladay's not a separator. He's Des Bryant. Uh, not, obviously not as great as Des Bryant, but similarity styles. Okay, Brandon Ayuk or Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. DJ Moore? Jamar Chase. Julio Jones? Jamar Chase. T. Higgins. And there you go. It's uh, th- So the way that I have the rankings constructed now, I bumped... 
Jamar Chase to wide receiver number 19. So it goes Thielen, Deontay Johnson, Jamar Chase, Mike Evans, Julio, T. Higgins, Tower Lockett. Okay, the only I would take T. Higgins. I would still take Mike Evans. Why do you hate Mike Evans? I just I, I, listen. I got everything I've ever needed out of Mike Evans. The one year that he was awesome, and I was all in on him. And that really worked out well for me. That was like six years ago now. But just I've been off kind of the train ever since. Like I don't know why I worry about Tampa Bay, but I kind of do. It's just there's so uh, much, so, I, so many people that it's just going to be. He just strikes me as one of those guys that's going to have like five games that wins you weeks, and then he's going to have mm-hmm, other games that mm-hmm. lose you weeks. So I agree with you, and the comparison I made is better Carolina Panthers from last year, where all three of the Panthers finished inside the top thirty, but all from like twenty to thirty. This is the better version where all three of them still finish inside the top 30, but like Godwin and Evans are in the top 20. But if you told me Godwin was 10, Evans was 20, and Antonio Brown's 30, or Evans was 10 and Godwin was 20, like I could see it going either which way. And for that fact of not knowing, is it going to be Godwin, Godwin, Evans this week, Antonio Brown, then back to Gronk, and then Antonio Brown, and then back to Evans? That's where I, you know, I still go Evans, but. I, 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 they're super close for me. I actually have Evans more down by Jamar Chase than most people. So you can go see my top 150 rankings right now because that gives you a better sense of the tiers, I think, of where I would actually draft these guys. So wide receiver number 19 for Jamar Chase makes him pick number 40 for me in the overall rankings. But I have Evans, Mike Davis is in there too, Julio Jones, T. Higgins, Tower Lockett, DJ Moore, like 40 through 46. That's way ahead of Daryl Henderson at 51, David Montgomery at 52. Like I have put a priority on those wide receivers more than I do that type of running back. That's at least how I like to draft. And I think those are the best, like those wide receivers are better players than those running backs in terms of fantasy. They just are. And you can piece together right. that second running back spot with Mostert, with Gus Edwards, with Damian Harris, like that type of guy. You might have to take two of them, but you can take two of them in rounds eight and rounds 11 or something. And that's, that's really comes down to roster construction. That's why, uh, for the flip side is I try and this is what I tell everybody is like I don't ever go into a draft with a preset plan like I see people like what should I do with the first four rounds I said they take now, that what, thought right out of and, your and head. also like what, what what pick do you have if you have pick number one I can tell you what to do there that's not a problem <laughs> yeah but what I, so what I say is I'll lean towards you know this I lean running back and I would like to get two out of the first three rounds running backs even if it's running back running back to start because you can still get these wide receivers we're talking about and not have to worry about your third running back until the Mostert's and even the Gus Edwards of the world. But where everybody always talks about this new thing that I forget who was the one who coined it, Pat, you might remember, but whoever coined the the running back dead zone this year is like round five. So yeah, but the reason know, I like to do we, the, we've been talking about that. I feel like that's a point that you and I like that. I've really like, Oh, we, no, no, we've been talking about, we didn't years. call it that. No, I just said like, don't draft yeah, but, fourth to sixth round running backs. And then I took yeah, Mike Davis. Yeah. We just, <laughs> yeah, we just didn't have a fun name for it. So we don't get credit for it. I was, you know, that's the fun name. I was giving credit for somebody else. But so if you get two out of the first three rounds, that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, even round, just have so many good wide receivers that you're talking about right now that you know what? For your conversation about James Robinson, Pat, you don't even need to take James Robinson. You could take the a different running back in the third round, ignore James Robinson altogether, and then get Higgins, 
Chase, one of those two, and all these wide receivers that you just listed off, Deontay Bay that I love, Tyler Lockett's still sitting there, Cooks, Thielen. Cooks is sitting in like the sixth, seventh round who's just sitting there with 150 targets in his lap. I don't even care if he only catches 50 of them. Yeah, but, and yeah, Cooper but Jake, Cup and, but Jake you know. should I drop Cooks for Rondell Moore? 100%. Please. <laughs> Please do in my league. Uh, you would love the reference, Pat. I just got asked, why do I hate Judy? And I said, because he keeps lying to Jake Peralta. So there you go. That's pretty good. That, I mean, <laughs> everyone knows I'm more of a, because everyone's calling him Judge Judy. Bit too easy. It is most definitely Doug Judy when it comes down to that regard. I don't know what to do there. Because it's funny because I'm really split because I think if Drew Locke plays quarterback, it's better for the Denver receivers. But I think that they're like physically a better football team if Teddy B is their starter. <laughs> And I agree with you. This comes down to kind of the Cam Newton, Mac Jones situation. I, I think it skews the numbers a little bit, but not enough where you could say the completion percentage offsets the aggressive play from Drew Locke. So the numbers almost kind of bear out a little bit. There is a little bit of uptick if Drew Locke plays the entire season, but it's very close. Uh, but I will say this. It's not that I hate Judy, obviously. My biggest concern is Cortland Sutton sounds like it sounds like they're holding him out because they don't want to risk another injury. It sounds like he should be ready for week one. And let's remember who Cortland Sutton is. Hey, you know, yes, we haven't seen him with either quarterback. Yes, we haven't seen him actually play in a game because he hasn't played yet. But if what all reports are saying is true and he's ready for week one and he's back to 100 percent, people were drafting him as a fringe wide receiver one last year because Cortland Sutton is that talented. And that's my concern of Judy. It's that this is a run-heavy team with Cortland Sutton as the one and Judy as the two. It has nothing to do against Judy inherently. Any worry about Noah Fant and this like mysterious leg injury yes. he has? You do. <laughs> the, 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 what was that? The curious case of Benjamin, like what or something like that? That's what you made me think of for some reason. But yeah, the curious case of his leg. It really came down to, it, this is... Back to the conversation we're just having. If Fant, if everybody's healthy, let's just say Fant doesn't even have a leg issue. It still goes Sutton, Judy, then Fant for me on a run-heavy team, similar to the Panthers where the tight end wasn't used barely at all. Now, not that bad because it was three wide receivers, but you know now this year it's two wide receivers and Christian McCaffrey. And it's just when you're the fourth option as the tight end, it's going to be hard for me to buy in unless you're on a top end offense. And I don't think the Broncos are a top end offense. Well, yeah, the biggest, it's a lot like the Mike Gesicki situation in Miami where he's going to probably be the right. fourth option when healthy, although they have a bunch of like you know, wide receivers made of glass. So that's probably going to move him <laughs> up the depth chart at some and they point. Keep him on the field. Yeah. They're like, oh, Waddle's limping off. It's like, no, uh, get him back out. Get him okay, back, let's throw there, back yeah. out there. <laughs> so, like, would you rather draft Fant or Gesicki right now? I'd still take Fant. Uh, my biggest concern with Gasicki is that he already had one of the highest slot percentages last year, and that's Waddle's game. That's where Waddle is playing. Gasicki's not going to play in the slot if Waddle's on the field. Uh, the other part of it is he already had one of the highest opportunity shares for all tight ends down the stretch of the five, six games. And that's still got him barely inside the top 10. I just I just don't think Gasicki is going to do it this year. Yeah, I still have Fant one spot ahead of Gasicki. So I have Fant at tight end number 10, Gasicki at number 11 because tight end sucks. Like that, that I, like, do. I it, have Gasicki at 14. It, it's funny because you know, people coin the dead zone for running backs. There's also the dead zone for wide receiver for tight ends, which is after you get past like TJ Hawkinson. Just just wait till mm -hmm. the last two rounds and take whatever moron is there left. Tyler Higby. Yeah. I mean, if, all, uh, all the Higby. Uh, 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 you want to get pissed off real quick, Pat? Sure. You want to know where... You don't want to know where Kelsey fell to. I was ticked off watching the draft because I was commis I'm commissioner, so I was watching. You want to know where Kelsey fell in last night's draft? Pick 205. 
You saw the draft board, didn't you? I didn't you? know. That was like if, if it's something like outrageous, but not too outrageous, because someone's eventually like, I mean, I gotta take Travis Kelsey. That seems like the most logical spot to me. Two oh five to just, Corey Parson. Just based on so course, absurd. You know, listen, the fantasy exec knows. Like that the, how optimal would your draft be if you were like Zeke Kelsey? Like, phew. Is that who he has, by the way? Uh, he actually started where where who was his first pick? Fantasy exec. He started Nick Chubb Kelsey. It's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, just give him the league. <laughs> yeah, well, uh. well, we'll see about it. I mean, I would prefer Najee Harris and Travis Kelsey, although I tried to draft them in the reverse order, and that didn't happen. Where are you, speaking of that, I know you ask all the questions. Where are you taking Saquon Barkley? Because I'm still taking him at the end of the first round. I'm We've not. had that conversation. I'm just yeah. kind of curious. You're not? I have him at pick 201, number 13 overall. Okay, so if you had the 11th pick, would you take him just to say, like, hey, I want to make sure I get him? No, probably not. Okay. I see. I'm still taking him around like eighth because, you know, again, if I know I get 100% of Barkley come October and even those first four weeks, I only have the 20th best running back. I'm okay with that. Uh, Now, of course, that's assuming 100%. And that's the biggest question. Yeah. Like he is even out of practice as we speak right now, supposed to return on Thursday afternoon. We'll see how that goes. He said it was a personal day. Listen, it's just, it's a bit, listen, I don't think that he's like quote unquote risky because I have him at number 13 overall. I just think that he's far more risky than Derrick Henry kind of thing. Like I, and I wanted to make a point on Najee Harris, who I have number nine overall now. Like I just, He's healthy. He's coming into the year. He's going to catch passes. Hmm. He's going to get all the volume. Why not? But Pat, but Pat, his offensive line stinks. Yeah, it's so bad. So bad. But, 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 you know what? I, 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 I see the comments on it. Yeah, their offensive line. They He's might never want, played an NFL game. They might, they <laughs> might just have to forfeit every game because, you know, their offensive line is just too bad. <laughs> you know what they should just do, Pat? They should just turn to Benny Snell again. Screw it. Yeah, he's going to be back in the next preseason game. Finally. <laughs> Is uh, he really? Yeah. Well, we're on Berkeley for the moment. Uh, let's talk about, we, we briefly talked about Kenny Galladay. I have, here's where I have Kenny Galladay in the wide receiver rankings, by the way, just so you know. Galladay, number 46. Just because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, don't draft Kenny Galladay. And I have Marquez Callaway <laughs> and Jacoby Myers right behind him. I'm thinking about moving those two guys ahead of him. Why do you hate Marquez Callaway? I already got that. I got that question too. Uh, it's like, I have Marcus Callaway at 52. That's with Cole Beasley, Devontae Parker, Mike Williams, Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman. That's really where he deserves to be. Are we really going to put him up with Chenault and Curtis Samuel? Well, Curtis Samuel might not even have a leg to stand on, but Tyler Boyd and Will Fuller. Are like, we really going to put him up there by that? Was just because of. Let me ask you this, Pat. I know we've seen preseason and he hasn't played yet, but he's going to play for all intents and purposes, it sounds like, week one. Do we really know Callaway is the number one and it's not Traquan Smith just because of the preseason? We no, don't. No, it we, looks like it, and it looks like it should be, but we don't know for sure. I 100% agree with you. You're absolutely correct on that. Now, I would take my chances on Callaway in a draft over Smith. That wouldn't mean I wouldn't draft absolutely. Smith at like the very end because that's he's going undrafted now. <laughs> I know. I just took him in the 15th round of a draft the other day. Yeah, like that's a very calculated gamble late, I think, at least. And it just, it might not work. It probably won't work, but it's a fucking 15th round pick. Who cares? Yeah, which you usually, yeah, it's one of the guys. But that's where I draft my backup. Here. That's where I draft my backup defense, Jake. <laughs> that's, that's where I draft my bye week option for week nine. Come on. <laughs> oh. 
I do think that there is value at the Giants wide receiver position because Hunky, Tony, not really playing at all. Kenny Galladay, not really playing at all. Slayton left practice today. So just draft Sterling Shepard in the 15th round and you'll probably end up with He and Jamison Crowder have become two guys. And I'm like, I think they're like going to have like okay years. <laughs> I have so much Sterling Shepard, it's absurd. The funny thing is, is I actually prefer him if Kenny Galladay is on the field because I want him playing at the slot primarily. Uh, if he's kicked outside again, I, but this is like the Brandon Cooks argument where I'm going to go with it. It's a down tick, but it gets offset by the volume because, yes, he's not going to have the efficiency rate, but he's going to see the increase in targets because he's playing outside. It, it sounds like Slayton should be okay, but actually, I'm starting to get a few shares of Slayton because, again, as you said, don't draft Kenny Galladay. Still not on the field. Yeah. Do you, are you a big, like, Darnell Mooney guy? Because I'm just not. Yes. You are? I am. Like, you want to talk, you wanna talk uh, about an offensive line that scares me? Chicago's offensive line okay. scares me. So that's the concern, but that's why Darnell Mooney is still in the 40s and the fact that he's a wide receiver four that could finish as a top 30, top even 25 potentially, especially if they go to Justin Fields. We know Andy Dalton starting week one, whether that's the toss to the wolves and sacrifice, sacrificial lamb and all that type of stuff. And it's week two or if it's week, uh, was it week four when they faced the Lions or week five when they faced the Lions? If they wait that long for Justin Fields, this is what I always keep telling people about Darnell Mooney. He was overlooked as a prospect, but if you watch his development in season, and then the other thing you should go look at, go look at last year and how many times he's wide open 20, 30 yards downfield and the ball falls five yards away from him, whether short over his shoulder to the right or to the left. It's like when Odell Beckham was playing with Eli Manning. And no, he's not Odell Beckham. But what was left on the field if he just had a competent quarterback? I don't think he gets that from Andy Dalton. I think he can if it's Justin Fields. So you have those two factors going against him is – if he doesn't have time, Justin Fields or anybody in time in the pocket, some of those routes don't have time to develop and you don't have time to throw him downfield. So that's going to help more Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, and possibly backfield options. But if things can kind of get going and it is Justin Fields, I think Mooney easily finishes as a top 40 wide receiver. How do you feel about Mooney Tunes as a nickname? I like I like it. Uh, yeah, so I admittedly... You can even make your shirts. You can have, like, his head coming out like Bugs Bunny from the from the drum. It'd be perfect. We should get Roto-Wear on that. Yeah, I don't really mess around with that sort of thing. You can do it, though. You can, you can have all the money for uh, it. I'll ask him. We should, I'll, I will... If I can get him to do that, I will get a Mooney Tunes shirt. Absolutely. I love the idea. That's, that's, our, that's the best idea yet this year, Pat. Well, now I'm out of them. That's, that's the end of it for me. <laughs> <laughs> not true i mean anytime i try to come up with a nickname in comparison is just talking about being out of it that that is true i did not not the best at nicknames jake see but you're better at ranking players that's why i have to have you on you consult me with nicknames and then we're good to go that that that's the back yeah. and forth that we have a hundred percent hundred percent uh last thing before i let you out of here james starting right james is starting <laughs> i so we just did our updated sleepers for the athletic, it was like, you know, not to want to do like brand new, you know, because we did it a month ago and less updated. Like, if people, you know, hold on. If people don't know, like Nando's in charge over at the athletic for like he's the he oversees everything. And like he's our old yeah. boss from a different place, too. I like Nando's my friend, but just like him running meetings. He's so fired up for fucking everything. You're just like <laughs> another sleepers come. No, no, like the new sleepers. It's like, OK, yeah, and he gets you all fired up to do it. And then you're like, what are we doing? <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's the thing is like how many guys have we talked about we have to remember pat we are still as much as we assume everybody reading the athletic and reading your work and watching our shows are a lot more of the advanced players who already know all of the names we're talking about there are still people that pay attention to us that are in more casual leagues that play in 10 team leagues that might not know what Darnell Mooney did last year and what he could do this year. And again, so I'm not talking down to the people who are looking at me and be like, I already knew that. Yeah, you are. But there are people out there. <laughs> so that's why we did the updated sleepers. But I, I, the point was that I was going to make was that I had Jameis Sins there. And I said that Jameis hasn't moved the entire offseason for me. I've had him at QB 19, right behind Tua and Kirk Cousins, because said he was going to have the job the entire time. He's got upside to hit that QB1 tier. Obviously, we're concerned about the turnovers. But if somebody can limit that, and I said, what well, if we get him down to 18 turnovers, then even people in minus two and minus three for interception leagues are okay with Jameis because Sean Payton can fix it. But James Winston is going to be aggressive. That's why we love him in fantasy. Does he help you potentially win real-life games? Eh, pro probably not. If you get minus four for an interception, maybe you want to avoid him. But in regular fantasy leagues, Jameis Winston finishing in front of Matthew Stafford would not shock me. I wouldn't take him in front of Stafford, but that would not shock me as an outcome. You buying into Tony Jones over Lat Murray? Mm, that's like that's what that's one of the ones where I was talking about earlier with the beat reporters. Yeah. Initially, I would have been like, yeah, okay, let's let's see. Now, this is multiple people saying this is a reality. Uh, no, it, I, 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 believe, I believe it said many people are saying that this is true. Latavius <laughs> Murray's a bum. Should never have drafted him anyway, Pat Mayo. Moron. You shouldn't have done it. That's the delivery <laughs> I still okay, so I still have Latavius Murray for more touches and more of the share than Tony Jones. I have Tony Jones as the third option in front of Freeman, uh, whether or not Freeman even makes the team at this point. But uh, if not until it happens, I'm not gonna put it this way. I'm not gonna believe it until it happens. I know multiple people are saying it, Many but people. this is one of the ones where it's just kind of, <laughs> just I don't know. If, how about this one, Pat? What if Latavius Murray gets cut and ends up in Jacksonville? Ooh, now that's just another body to throw, and then none of them are useful. Well, no, that's what I was saying. That just blows up the entire, like, screw it. Just don't even draft any of them. Yeah, that would make me from a Callowit, because I'd be having none of it. Shout out to all my Canadians <laughs> out there who know about geography and capitals and territories. <laughs> know about geography. <laughs> uh, Talking down to people now. <laughs> hey, I, th I was trying to be inclusive, including the Canadian viewers into this entire thing. Uh, Steve Sims signs with Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I saw it. Because the bees is on like the covid thing so is gabe davis at this point it, there's a few players like i'm gonna throw emmanuel sanders into this mix too because like sterling shepherd jameson crowder no one wants him no one wants emmanuel sanders but like these guys could play roles on their teams they could but like, uh, how, about, okay, how, how about john brown because i initially liked john brown with vegas but like i have heard, i did too i have heard nothing about him this offseason no, and all you've heard is that Henry Ruggs is looking better than last year, which is one of my favorite post-hype sleepers. Well, not, he's not even a sleeper. He's post-hype rookie. I don't know how you would, what's the term we put on him. But that Brian Edwards is looking really good. And one of the things I said about Brian Edwards last year when they drafted him is he needs some develop. He needed at least a year. And you saw both of those guys, Ruggs and Edwards, even before Edwards got hurt. You're asking two rookies who inherently one was put out of position when Edwards got hurt, and that's Ruggs playing outside. But Edwards also wasn't ready to start as a rookie. There's a lot of talk about both. And as you said, nothing about John Brown. I was initially taking John Brown in like the 11th, 12th round. And now it sounds like he's not even the 
potential top two receiver might be third, might not even be third. They might just consider going a lot of youth and cutting the guy, which is a shock to me. But I don't know how his contract situation works out for that. But yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in the John Brown. Maybe, you know what? I, if he's there in the 14th round, I'm still going to take a dice roll on it. And the fact that he's just a veteran that I didn't need to see much from. How high would you draft rugs? Like, would you draft Galladay or rugs? I'd still take Galladay. Okay. Would you, would you, dra- think, would you draft a- Michael Thomas or Ruggs? I take Ruggs. I I legitimately did I say it to you, Pat? I said it to somebody that I don't want to put it out there because I don't want to speculate on Michael Thomas the personality. But I'm starting to get this AJ Green feeling of Week Nine rolls around and he's like, "Screw it, I'm not coming back." Yeah, that you did say that the last time that we spoke. I'm kind of on the same page with you with that. Sad scene. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking Ruggs. Who else on? Because I saw like Troutman's not going to be that injured. Now it turns out that Nick Vanette, the best a man can get, is only going to be out two to four weeks too. So Juana Man Juwana Johnson, yeah, Ju- Juana <laughs> yeah. Man Johnson uh, is probably not going to be the tight end one. It looks like they're all like kind of going to be there. Just I don't want any of those guys. Do you really like? Is, is the Troutman buzz gone now? Finally, did this like put the it the, is. De- the death knell in it? And I was on the bandwagon. I was a huge Trotman fan until what we saw is the same concern we had when O.J. Howard was split with Bray. Is the same concern we see with the situation with the Titans. The, is the, when, the situation? <laughs> the, yeah, the situation from your show, your favorite show. Uh, but, you know, the f- trying to figure out if there's a Carolina Panthers option. It's, like, it's not just the fact that they don't go to their tight end that much because this was an opportunity for them. to. They have used their tight end. The problem with Troutman is that they kept asking, and they still have through the two preseason games, out there blocking 50% of the time, sometimes more. Uh, that's a major concern because volume for tight ends includes you need to run a damn route and be out there to potentially catch a pass. If you're being asked to block 50% of the time, I mean, hell, we could go to the top 10 and say, if Logan Thomas was asked to block 50% of the time, we'd be pretty cautious about even drafting him as a tight end one. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. Anything else you want to hit on injury-wise? Anyone moving up and down your rankings right now? I think we touched on everybody. Um, I actually love the Javante Williams and Michael Carter fall because I, I didn't like that they were climbing so high because I still think both of them are kind of Miles Sanders. Just give me them week five, six, or seven for their real value. Right now, it's not going to be out of the gate. So I like that they're falling back down and everybody's scared of what's been going on. Yeah, I mean, just Melvin Gordon not practicing or playing really throws a wrench into this because you have no idea what his actual usage is going to be because you get to week one and they're like, oh, yeah, we were just saving him. He's like the starter. It's like, oh, super. Then you have to wait till well, like so week seven why... until he wins the job. Right, right. So that's why I think they are being saving Melvin Gordon, but I think they're also saving Javante Williams a little bit. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, he only got 17 snaps. No, I think it's because he's clearly the future. Look at where the Broncos took Williams. Correct me if I'm wrong. They traded up for him, did they not? They the, he is the future running back. Of course, they're not going to go out there and give him 40 carries in the preseason. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of logical sense, but you can't apply logic to all of these situations. My question to you no, is that, where that where, is true. Where, where should I have Tevin Coleman rank? Because he might just be the starter on this team. Mm, I'll tell you where I have Tevin Coleman ranked. I think he's the starter for at least a few weeks, but st- starter in name only, as in it's not going to be 20 touches. I have him. In the low 40s alongside like A.J. Dillon, Singletary, Lindsey, those guys. All right. So I, I didn't even have him in at the point that uh, before we started the show. <laughs> I wonder I wanted to wait for you. Would uh, you take I'll throw one back at you. Would you take Tevin Coleman or Sonny Michelle? Oh, Coleman. OK. 
Yeah, because Cole Mania could be running wild on you. <laughs> That's the only reason. See, look, you got one in here. You got one in before we got out of here. Fournette or Coleman? I'd rather just take Coleman. I, I Look, I could be completely wrong, and Fournette has RB top 30 value all year long, but I want absolutely, I don't know how many times I'd say, I want nothing to do with the Buccaneers backfield because you're just going to be chasing your tail just like we did with the Patriots. And I know everybody says, well, Gio, then he can be the new James White. Uh, I think he's more of two years ago, Duke Johnson. You're going to get five or six good games, but good luck guessing when those are. Yeah, but you'll, you get a, such a price discount. Like you can essentially drag. I mean, oh, I, sure. You can get him so late that maybe in the 10% chance that he's actually like the good version of this, you're like, oh yeah, that was a good pick. Yeah, yeah. if you're getting him double-digit rounds, but I've seen him creeping up into like the ninth because people are all like, oh, yeah, he's going to be James White. That's where I'm out. Yeah, I would t- I would take the shot on Philip Lindsay before someone like Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I would take the shot on Lindsay, too, although I, that backfield, yeah, that's I another one. I don't Oof. that awful Mark Ingram is back in our lives. <laughs> and it's also that wasn't that not the least productive backfield of all backfields last year? I think so. If not, it was bottom three. Yeah. And now it's Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills. Would you draft <laughs> Michael Carter or Trey Sermon? Hmm. Michael Carter for me, but I want both of them, even where they're going. Uh, but mostly because I'm with you on the Mostert thing. I love Trey Sermon. I said this after the draft that he's the most talented running back in that backfield. And hell, Kyle Shanahan could turn me into a decent running back. Uh, decent, maybe. Yeah, that's over. Yeah, no, he couldn't. Uh, but that being said, is Trey Sermon, if the lead would be we RB1 upside, no question about it. But as, until Mostert gets hurt, I still have Mostert. I can tell you right now, I think I have Mostert for around 40-something percent because I think the split is going to be pretty pronounced with Sermon and other options in that backfield. But yeah, so Mostert's at actually just over 40%. I have Sermon at 30%. And then I have the rest of the Goldmans, Jeff Wilson, whenever he comes back, if he comes back, Yushchik and all the rest getting the 30% combined. Um, well, actually, no, I have Trey Lance getting 20% of the carries right there. So actually, I don't. I have the rest of them for getting 10%. So there you go. Yeah. So that's going to be the move. All right. Jake Seeley at all kid on Twitter, theathletic.com. Your ranks are updated every 47 seconds, correct? Just about, maybe 46. All right. You can find my rankings in the description of this video. They'll be updated every morning. If I'm not too hungover, it'll be late morning if I am uh, over the weekend because I'm away, but I'm still going to be updating the rankings to make sure that you have all of the information you need for your fantasy drafts because I got to I was Someone asked me, like, they're like, I can't believe you're releasing, like, draft content. Everyone's already done their drafts. Like, 97% of people haven't drafted yet. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> my home league drafts this weekend yeah mo like honestly like, i'm not making up 90s like if you take out like the early like best ball shit like people's yeah. ho- home head-to-head we're league, still two weeks out yeah like most people do it i mean labor day weekend's gonna mess it up a little bit but like people sleep on how many drafts happen from like the monday to the thursday before the season starts I know. Somebody asked me to do to do a draft on that Tuesday night. I'm like, no. <laughs> but I, a lot of people are. Like, there's no way we could do it. But yes, there's a lot of people. I, I usually see people, oh, my draft is tonight, Wednesday before things kick off. That's when uh, my home league is. That's when we do it every year, the, there day you before, go. the day before the season starts. So there you go. Yeah. But this weekend, I think, is going to be a huge weekend for drafts. Just because Labor Day is the next well. weekend. Yeah. Anyway, Jake Seeley. All in, kid. 
theathletic.com. I think that's everything through it. Smash like button to the video. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Tell your friends about Mayo Media Network. We have nine consistent shows plus all of our shorts covering almost every single sport right now from a betting and fantasy sports angle. So please help spread the wealth. Help us get us some more views, some more subs. That only means more free shows for everyone out there. The newsletter link is in the description with all updated info. Additionally, runthesims.com slash Mayo gets you that discount. But you can go sign up for free and test out the tools right now if you want to get into it. And as Jake and I were talking about market share and everything like that, uh, you can go do all of that yourself and it's super easy. Like you don't need to like be a master of Excel to know how to do it. Dummies like me can do it, which means everyone out there can do it. So runthesims.com slash Mayo for a discount if you get the premium products. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.